All right, we back. It's Sold in 60, the only, the first and only timeshare podcast in the world. It's Richie Rich, your host, and my man, Down Payment Dylan, and we're back to talk that timeshare talk. And before we get started, we just want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Factual Films Studio, located at 8865 Commodity Circle. If you're looking to book a podcast, book a video, shoot, shoot content, you contact them. Their link will be in the bio on our Instagram page, at Sold in 60. When you want to hear this, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to listen to the full episode. If you want to see the video, then you go to Factual Films on Roku or Apple TV to see the whole video. All right. Also, our sponsor, Richdale School of Real Estate. If you're looking to get your real estate license or do continuing education, contact the Richdale School of Real Estate. You're now watching Sold in 60. And before we get started, we've been... Up and running for quite some time. I think there's a good 20 episodes running. For sure. For so sure. we got these uh, sold in 60 shot glasses. Oh, yeah. And I think that um, we're going to take a shot because we've Celebrate. come so far. Celebrate. Celebrating 20, 20 episodes? 20 episodes. For All sure. right. Let's All right. do it. You're now watching Sold in 60. This was not sponsored by Class A Soup, but we do like... Nice things, okay. For sure. So, don't forget um, our newest sponsorship, iHeartRadio. Don't forget about iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Shout out iHeartRadio. Yeah, for sure. Listen to the complete episodes on iHeartRadio. Sure. So look, let's do it. We're gonna do something a little different this time. Okay. You know, normally we have um, guests from. Different timeshare resorts come up here and share mm-hmm. us their experience and give us their game. But I think right now, um, it'll be a great opportunity for me to interview you, man. Okay. What do you think about that? That's cool. Put you on a hot seat. I've been on an interview before. Where were we going to do it again? <laughs> the, first <laughs> interview, the first interview I went on, I didn't get the job. Oh, nah. <laughs> yeah, we heard about that. Tell me nah. Tell me kick rocks. For sure, for sure, for sure. So... Um, let's jump right into it. Let's jump right into it because normally we're hearing from the perspective of, uh, you know, people on the front line, uh, people in the in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I want to hear from the perspective of, you know, a trainer, man. What is your, what is a normal day like at the job site as a trainer? Tell us, tell us that. A normal day uh, as a trainer would just vary based upon the time of the year that you're there you know what i'm saying there's a season where there's hiring and you're teaching doing classes and that could be strenuous and when those people hit the sales floor then you're playing a support system to those people who are on the floor so that keeps you busy uh, making sure that they don't fumble or you know they do what they learned there's a season for that then there's a season of um follow-ups where you're training them advanced stuff because now they've got some experience but now it's time to help them level up then there's a season of, you know, we need to find out who needs help and who's just not getting it. And then you do some evaluations and some assisting in that. And um, then there's a season of just supporting the entire uh, sales floor, the sales team. So it just depends. Like the years, throughout the year, this the things change. You know, there's different sequences. Just like we have a fluctuation of visitors from different areas we have high seasons, we have low seasons, we have areas where we have more mature people come in opposed to p- 
people with with families and children so it just fluctuates you know we live in that vacation destination where you know the seasons change so we just as a trainer you just adapt to the season that you're in so what season are we in now it's about to be spring break we just got out of the january february february snowbird area where you see a lot of mature uh people um, come they don't have children they like tranquility serenity they don't want to be around crowds you know because the kids are in school so they get to come and do their thing and stay here for multiple weeks you have a lot of canadians that will come and stay for two weeks to four weeks to get out the cold and to kind of you know relax got you but because we are approaching that spring break um you're going to see different cities coming in for that two-week mark and you'll see like philly comes heavy you know uh, new york comes heavy jersey it just depends you know when those those people get out of they get their break, so that's what you're gonna see. So it actually turns up. Okay, it's about to turn up. It's about to turn up for sure. Okay, that mature crowd that you says come down here, uh, well, that just left actually, or in the process of leaving. I'm assuming when they come down here, they're they're coming down for you know more than a week. They're coming down for two, three, four weeks at a time. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got it. They got it. They don't. They don't. Some of them are retired, um, and they they got that time to play with. You know, they're not going anywhere. Which is also not the easiest for some people because when we try to stress urgency that they should do something to say, they say, man, well, I'm here for two weeks. Give me a second. You know what I'm saying? Let me, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be here. I ain't going nowhere. But yeah, those people that come, they're good. And then you got people nowadays, since the pandemic, there's people that can actually work on the go. You know, they work from wherever they are. So you have you have a few of those people that are they still unemployed, but they don't really have to rush back. Got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned, too, that I want to point out is um, when you were a, a trainer, when these sales reps hit the floor, are they actually doing and saying the things that you trained them on or are they hitting the floor doing their own thing? When they hit the floor, they're doing what they trained because they, they go through a rigorous training. You know, they go through something that they have to know in order to get to that next level. You know what I'm saying? In order to advance to even see the sales floor, they have to practice a script. So what they've been trained to do, they have to perform in order to even get the opportunity to get on the sales floor. So they're doing what they, they learn. It's because there's no true micromanagement and there's nobody on your table. Then things start to change because no one's really knowing if you're saying what you were supposed to say. Mm. And you can usually tell when people deviate from the script when they're not seeing the success that they should be seeing, you know? Mm-hmm. So for the most part, they start and they, they say what they're supposed to say. But as the, the longer you get there, they may alter some things and then you'll see they go off the script. For sure. So you, so, and you know this because you'll go on a ride along with them, meaning you, you, you go on the presentation with them, you sit with them and you hear their pitch and you're probably looking over at them like, where the hell did you get that? <laughs> what are you saying to these people? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really hear their pitch by what they're saying. But I, I mean, I was once them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, you, you get out of training, you, you know what you're supposed to say, and you know it, and you say it, and then you realize, like, damn, I could switch this like this, or I could put a little flavor on this like this, and I could. Oh, this guy's saying that? I want to try to say that. And then you start to pick up because you try to learn from the people that's seeing success around you. You know, things change. So I'll I'll be lying to you and tell you that people stick to exactly what they learn in training, you know? 
Training is the foundation, and then you you learn how to advance and get a little better. The problem is sometimes you just do too much of that. Then you just deviate from everything you learned, and then before that, you are just all over the place. All over the place. Because they teach you a sequence, you know what I'm saying? And then if you follow that, you should be fine. But when you, you, you learn, sometimes you learn too much, and then you just you get off track. So I like to tell people that if you ever fall off track, you just go back to your books. For sure. Right about that. Go back to the basics. Go back to the basics. Man. For sure, for sure, for sure. Would you say when so when you do a ride along with someone, would you say that amps them up to be on their A game, or would you say that kind of throws them off a little bit? <laughs> Both. Both. Um, they want to be on the A game, but they're so nervous to because they haven't been on the A game. They're like, "Damn, I'm trying to say everything I'm supposed to say, but then it doesn't come out right. It doesn't come out natural. It doesn't come out." With confidence, you know? I've had people look at me and be like, oh, I'm supposed to say that, right? Like, just stupid stuff. Like, yeah. in all reality, the people that you're with don't know what you're supposed to say, right? They don't know your script. They don't know your presentation. But when I'm there, now they're trying to impress me. And to be honest with you, to be 100% honest, I tell people, like, don't try to do what you learned. Do what you've been doing. I can't help a person. If you try to, like, front for me, like, this is what you've been saying and you haven't been seeing success or you haven't been selling I can't help you because if you're doing that in front of me, but that not doing that when you're not in front of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't know. really help them. I got yeah. you. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. But most people think that they they need to try to go back to what they was taught in training. So I like to do like a tell them straight up, like, yo, don't worry about just be yourself, man. Do what you've been doing. Like, don't try to impress me. And that's why I try to tell people. I just try to keep it as as real as I can. You know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this question. Um, the tours nowadays, so spring break's coming, as you mentioned, and then after spring break, obviously it's slow down a little bit, and then the summer's going to pick back up, right? Yeah. Um, as far as your work schedule goes, what is the, I mean, what is the typical, how many hours um, are you working out of the day? The same amount of hours that a sales rep is working also? Nah, the sales rep got it gravy. They got it like cake. Because you typically, can, as a salesperson, you can go in at whenever your day starts, take a tour or two, and then when it's done, it's done. Mm. But as a trainer, you work, you're not an independent contractor, you actually work as an employee for the company, so you usually have a shift, you know what I'm saying? So your work is done after a certain amount of hours, depending on what your task is for the day, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like I could go do a morning meeting, do a ride be done with the ride at 11 and then be gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, <laughs> you got to stay. <laughs> yeah, That's so, funny. I mean, to be honest with you, like, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge transition to leave from a salesperson or a manager to a trainer. You know what I'm saying? Like, even becoming a manager, sometimes managers, they were once reps, right? And then you become a manager. And now you find yourself having to stay even later than you would have when you was a rep. Because when you're a manager, now you manage other people so if someone has a late table or late they're taking late tours right now you got to stay mm. some managers most managers have to stay until that deal leaves the contract office so now you have a longer day mm. so usually reps i say reps have it they have it like cake you know yeah and and reps to my understanding can potentially make the most money out of everyone yeah right yeah. make more money than the managers make more money than the trainers you know Definitely make more money than trainers because <laughs> they have sure. an unlimited opportunity. Yeah, unlimited income. Anything in sales has unlimited income. You know what I'm saying? Based upon the person that's in front of you and how much you can extract from that pocket, 
and the amount of people you can see, you know what I'm saying? So basically, you know, and joking, I tell people as a trainer, I'm on a fixed income, you know, I'm like, right. you know what I'm saying? But uh, managers too. Um, some some reps make more than managers because they, they get the tour flow that they need to to keep them busy. And some managers make more as a manager because they get to sit on multiple tables, close multiple tables, and make more. But, um, yeah. So, I mean... It just it just depends, you know. I know some people, some reps that would never be managers because they like to control their own destiny, and I got some managers that would pr- probably never be a rep again if they didn't have to be because they love that position. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But um, I was fortunate to I went from a rep to a trainer. I skipped the manager. I think I proved myself to manage my own tables. But when the opportunity came up to become a trainer i took the opportunity only because i was looking at it as advancement you know what i'm saying it was, i was new i've only i was only on the sales floor for about four years before the opportunity came up and i had, had the criteria that was necessary to become a trainer so i was like what me and i and i took the opportunity but fortunately for me i had other businesses set up well one other business set up at the time i had started a brokerage and that let, helped me balance and say okay well i could i could do this learn this system then i could still run this business and i could you know i could i could do well for myself got you You got you got you so you have other things going on outside of just the timeshare industry right so the timeshare industry was the foundation that's why even when i teach a real estate class i'm always talking about timeshare because i think that is one of the best angles to make fast money and i believe that once you get that money if you had the mindset that you wanted to start another business you could use that money to do that you know um sometimes sometimes people have these great ideas but the hardest part is getting started because they don't they don't have the funds to begin Mm -hmm. and i think that this timeshare business allows people to spark their dreams you know um Sometimes those things could take away from your focus because timeshare you need to have like tunnel vision you have to really be focused but sometimes once you really understand it, the business, you know how to manage that and then manage whatever else is on your mind. But yeah, I remember being at resorts and the director of sales telling, you know, everyone in the meetings, hey, don't have a plan B. You mm-hmm. know, you should only have a plan A. You should only be doing this. You should only be doing this. So, I mean, what do you feel about, what, what, how do you feel about that for people saying don't have a plan B? I think in the beginning, you have to only be about that because it's new. You have to learn it. You know, it's just like we tell people when you start, when you're in training, don't have another job. Or I tell, try to tell people, like, I know you have family. I know you got this, but I need you to be focused on this. I need you to just keep all distractions away from you. If you have another job, you're not going to make it. If you're in college, you ain't going to be able to do both because the intensity of what you need to memorize in order to know your script by the next day, you can't be leaving training that you was in from 7 to 3 and then going to work from five to nine and thinking you're going to pass the test to final the next day. Like that's just the company that I'm working with. That's how they have their training structured. So we tell people you can't have nothing else going on, but if you have and you can manage it, psh, more power to you. But I, I would, I would say you need, you know, like they say anything you need, like there's six months to really focus, put your head down and then you, you learn it. So I can see why people say don't have no other, situation going on yeah master your craft first and then once you can do it with your eyes closed Mm -hmm. then you know you can you can pick up other things i got you on that so 
we've had other sales reps come up here and tell us, you know, what they do to stay motivated, um, you know, especially when they're going through a downtime. Uh, let me ask you this as a trainer. I mean, what do you do to stay motivated? What do you do to, to when you're on your way to work, driving to work? And, you know, what are you listening to? What are you telling yourself to keep yourself motivated? Because you got to come to work and motivate the sales reps, yeah. you know? So how do you motivate yourself? So I think that as a trainer, you kind of made it on the other side of the fence where you're only speaking from experience and what you know that works. But I, I think that, I mean, me personally, what I do, I really don't do much anymore because I, I just naturally show up and, and share what I learned to make me successful. But I do know some trainers that listen to other motivational uh, speakers and they, they try to get ideas from them. But I think that we have a unique industry. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't, that's why this is, that's why this show is here because you can't Google, you know, timeshare sales and get any ideas. You know what I'm saying? So that's why this was created. So I really didn't have nothing to listen to, to be honest with you. That's mm. why this was created because there was nothing to listen to. Mm. So I would try to listen to like Tom Hopkins, who's like old school sales trainer, but it's dated, but the, the principles are still the same, right? So if I listen to that from when I was a sales rep, so most of them I already know, Zig Ziglar, you know, things like that I would listen to as a sales rep. So at this point, there's no new content for me to listen to on my way into work. You know what I mean? Um, but I do listen to, I listen to ET a lot. I used to listen to Eric Thomas when I first got introduced to him. But um, to this day, really, bro, to be honest with you, I don't I don't listen to anybody. I just do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just I just get in my own zone. But. I do try to find new stuff to get innovative, you know what I'm saying? But there's not much out there that's related to what we do. So I just let it be naturally from the heart or from the brain, whatever comes out. Every experience that we learn on the table, every experience that we learn in the world, I learn how to um, bring that into the timeshare industry. You know what I'm saying? If there's something going on with real estate that correlates to what we do, then I, I bring that to the table. Somehow, I guess because I'm the the real estate instructor for a real estate school, I became the real estate guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like when it's anything real estate related, if it's about recessions or interest rates or inventory being low or area growth, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the talk that I get to bring to the table because the resort that I train for, they still sell D to real estate. So it all comes becomes relevant, you know? Mm -hmm. So I try to bring things to the, to the people that have value that they can use on their table. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that, that's pretty much what I, I do to stay in the zone. I try to stay uh, in tune with what's going on with, with the economy. Um, From your experience, uh, because underneath the umbrella of real estate, you know, there's timeshare on one side, there's residential on, a, uh, on another side. From your experience, from the timeshare reps that you've encountered, do they have any knowledge on the residential side of real, of, of, of real estate? So Some of them do. Some of them don't. So most people that come to Timeshare that's so residential wasn't really successful in residential. Or we we got them in the industry at a time where the residential sales were down and they wasn't seeing success because it costs money to keep going in that, in that side of the real estate game, right? So most people don't know much about it, real estate, the residential side, and... Most timeshare reps don't Most know much about the reps, okay. right? If they did, they wasn't really feeling it, and then they get into timeshare. 
Do you feel like it's an advantage if if I if I'm on the timeshare side and I know a little bit about residential? Do you think that's an advantage for a sales rep? Nope. Why not? <laughs> nah. Um. Do I think it's an advantage? I think it's more appreciation that you may have if you was in residential because you will now know that you don't have the overhead to maintain to be a part of an association or the money to market yourself. You don't have to come out of pocket to do that. Um, the commission splits, you know what I'm saying, the negotiate. It, it just varies. Like, I think that timeshare makes it so much easier for than a residential person, you know? But what I do like, and I think what they could probably appreciate from the residential side, that they're selling something that it, it has, it's a just different, a different emotion, you know? Like, people are buying homes. It's something that they're going to live in or maybe they're buying investment properties or whatever, but it's something that if they decided they don't want it again or want to keep it, then they'll hire you again to sell it, mm-hmm. right? In the timeshare industry, you don't have that. It's it's a one-time sale, and when those people want to get rid of it, they can't turn to you and say, help me out or so forth like that. And sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes the product don't work for the people, and then they, and then they, they contact you. If your resort lets you get contacted, but they'll contact you, and you feel like there's nothing I can do. And that can mess that that can mess your head up. You know what I'm saying? Because if a person doesn't use the product properly or they or it doesn't work for them and they call you, but you said it did this, that, and the third, that could discourage you from wanting to sell more. You mm. know what I'm saying? The difference is with residential, I'm gonna sell you this house. You don't want it no more, let's put it back on the market. But in my own personal opinion, there's no true resale market in the timeshare industry. It's more for usage. You know what I'm saying? And that's the that's the elephant in the room. Like we tell people that they can sell it. You can sell it. You know what I'm saying? You can rent it. But it's not as easy as it may sound. You got to find the right clientele that's willing to rent the week from you, and you got the right to find the right clientele that's willing to buy from you. If you have a mortgage with a company, how are you going to sell it to someone else when you still owe money? So that person got to pay you cash so that you can get out of the the you know the mortgage that you have. And, and you can't do a CMA on a timeshare. You know, it's not like I can say, all right, well, let me see what these timeshares going for over there. And then, OK, I'm a price mod for this. You know, yeah. you you're only selling it for what somebody else is willing to pay for. It's from my understanding. Correct. And when you it's, it's like it's like almost like oh, for my residential people, it's like trying to sell a house in a new construction community when the builder is still building. Mm. You got competition. The builder has incentives and different things that they can offer that person, even time. Right. Like. If I was to go to a new construction place right now and there's a house on the market, that seller probably wants to close in 45 days. But if I go to the builder directly, I know he still needs six months to build. So I got I got time. So there's just things like that that you can't compete with, you know. Got you. Got you. All right. What about this? You So um, being a trainer, I'm pretty sure they have you bouncing around to different resorts, right? And each resort, depending on if it's a big track, small track, you know, depending on the resort, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you got, you're dealing with people that are, everything's going great in their life. (laughs) You're dealing with people that are, everything's going terrible in their life. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So um, when people come to you with their problems, hey, Richard, you know, this is going on. This is why I can't sell. You know, what do you do to encourage people? How do you encourage people to tell them, you know, hey, don't worry about that. You know, it's going to be okay, but, you know, focus on this and blah, blah, blah. What do you do to encourage people, keep them on track? You know, 
just being human, you just got to keep it real. People like no one's life is perfect as much as Instagram makes people feel like their life is perfect and social media. Um, people in sales and pe- regular people go through stuff. So we, I just kick it with them. If, if they feel confident enough or comfortable enough to come with me and say, man, this is what I'm going through. I just give them my two cents from from generally from my heart. I could keep it real. I, I could tell you that sometimes being a trainer is like being a counselor, you know, and people come to you with personal situations. And as a trainer, you got to keep that to yourself. This is not like, okay, let me run back and tell the rest of the peer like this person is going through X, Y, Z. If they come to you as a person, you're just giving advice on, on how you can handle it and how, or how to clear your mind. Because people easily say, I've mean, I've heard this too, like easily say, leave your problems in the car. Mm. When you when you when you when you go to the parking lot and you close the door, leave them all in there. They'll be there when you go back, but don't bring them over here. But at the end of the day, I mean, that stuff be on your head. You know what I'm saying? If you behind in bills, let's say you had a bunch of cancellations and now you're not getting commission checks. The first of the month has no chill, right? The first of the month comes and everybody wants their money. So there's a thing called commission breath that you possibly get when you like really trying to get a deal but some people can sense that like they don't sense that you really trying to help them they sense that you're only trying to get a sale but to answer the question how i deal with people i just deal with them being you know real um based upon how i feel like if, if it's something that i can relate to i'm gonna give them my two cents if it's something i don't really know about then maybe i try to push them in the direction where they can get help but i'm gonna tell you like this even i myself as a representative had to go to a, a trainer one time and say listen man my head is all over the place you know what i'm saying and this is the reason why i'm not doing what you expect me to do and they said and i'll never forget this there was a dude named william ramos i still rock with him to this shout out will or he's amazing so i think in that conversation he said to me um like you need to have balance you know what i'm saying you have to have balance in your life you know and i think that conversation really made me say i got to get my myself together you know what i'm saying family your head, your health, you know what I'm saying? Your spiritual beliefs. Like in sales, you can't have th- dysfunction. You have to you have to be well balanced in order to be focused with tunnel vision to focus on the job. You know what I'm saying? Connecting with families, active listening, knowing which angle you're gonna go, all that takes like focus. But if you got distractions, if you got a girlfriend, you know, blowing you up, you got drama. Like little things like that could just just throw you off. So, for sure. Yeah. Well, well, Rich, I gotta tell you, the people don't want the show to stop. They want you to keep going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we do gotta take a commercial break real quick to pay some bills. But I promise you, people, we'll be right back hearing more from Richard Roberts for yeah. sure. Let's do it. Who is the the sponsor? Who's the sponsor for uh, halftime? Um, shout out to. Richdale School of Real Estate. I mean, I can tell you, I know numerous of students that went to that school, and they all have great things to say about it. You know, uh, shout out to Factual Film Studio. I mean, right now, guys, if you're trying to book studio time, if you're trying to book a podcast, if you're trying to book a photo shoot, if you're trying to book uh, social media marketing, you know, you definitely want to reach out to them. But get in contact with them quick because slots are definitely... Um, selling out and we don't want you to go on a waiting list but shout out to Factual Film Studio for show. Factual Films is the spot like if you're trying to shoot um, content for real estate you know like 
informational videos, market update videos. If you need to do headshots, I definitely would recommend you check out Factual Films. Or if you want to start a podcast, definitely a good uh, look, a good studio. It's actually, um, I mean, there's not too many options to choose from. So mm-hmm. Factual is definitely central right here in um, Orlando, Florida. Sand mm-hmm. Lake and John Young Parkway. Definitely pull up, man. They'll take care of you. Yeah. So, Richard, we want to continue with you, man, because you're dropping some jewels right now. And it's not, it's not, you know, people don't have the opportunity to hear from you, especially from the trainer side. So they definitely want to know. But I want to bring it back some a little bit. You know, I want to bring you back to your sales rep days, right? Um, share with me this. How important when you were a sales rep, how important was the dance with your manager? As a, as a sales rep, man, as a sales rep, the, yeah. dan- the dance was was everything. Um, the dan- like, I hate to say it, but the truth is, it's like the business. It's like being an actor or actress, right? I feel like the dance. If and if anyone's listening, maybe you don't call it a dance, but the dance is just the setup and the interaction between you and your manager when you bring them to a family on how they can help. You know what I'm saying? And for me the dance was very very important i was fortunate let me let me tell you a story so when i first started um a lot of people wanted to work with me because they some of them had knew my parents i even had managers fight over who was going to work with me mm-hmm. but i ended up um working with a young uh, winford barrington he was a guest on the show right i ended up working with him and um we had some good success, but he was a new manager. He used to mess up the numbers. He would just get people to like say yes. And then sometimes the numbers would be over, over like miscalculated, but mm-hmm. he would just be like, Oh, it's only an extra hundred dollars. And they'd be like, Oh, okay. Like it was weird, man. Yeah. But he was new. Like I said, I, I told y'all, if y'all listen to that show with him, he became a manager in like six months. Cause he was, it was just the rookie of the year. He was that good. You know what I'm saying? So I was fortunate to be on his team when he decided to change companies the person that taught him didn't even look my way. And I knew that that was the person who taught him to be great. And I, this guy went and, and back then you can choose who you want to work with. It was like an open floor. And the gentleman never even looked my way. And I, I was feeling some type of way. Like, damn, like, you know that you trained that, you trained Mr. Barrington. And you know that I used to work with him. Why you ain't, you know, holla at me. For sure, yeah. So one day I caught him in the elevator and I just said, yo, what's up? Like, uh, I, I don't know. I said, how can I be down or something like that? And he said, oh, you already are, brother. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, at that at that moment, uh, he allowed me to work with him because the setup was different when I was a sales rep. You can just talk to whoever you want and, you know, they would let you work with them if they wanted to. Or they could walk away from you and be like, yo, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm busy. That's what a nice way of saying no. When you say it was different, how is it now? Uh, currently, it rotates on the manager change daily. Okay, you know what I'm saying. You, you don't gotcha. get to choose who you work with. You know what I'm saying. But back then, you did. You could, you can pick who you want to work with, and if they want to work with you, it's good. So, how important is a dance? When that gentleman let me work with him, he created a dance. We had a dance for every family. There was times that I would say. You know, he was uh, my dad's friend and he was coming, you know, to help us out because I'm trying to, these people really wanted it. Let me help you. Let me see if I can get the pool. So the dance is important just because it is the transition from what is pitching, pitching, pitching to, okay, 
let's close this deal. You know what I'm saying? So I think a dance is, is very, very important because how you bring in the manager determines um, how the rest of the tour is going to go. You know, there's sometimes that you can bring in somebody and it doesn't go well, right? Maybe they're not feeling that person. Maybe they come in and say, there's a takeaway, right? People say take like, um, if y'all listening, you don't know what the takeaway is. Your manager may come to the table and be like, you actually don't qualify for this, but we need you to say no because we need to sell it for regular price or whatever. And some people will, it's a reverse psychology, right? Some people may say, oh, hell no, I'm not going to say no to it. I'm, I'm, if, it's supposed to, if I'm supposed to get it, then I want it. And you got some people that be like, that guy's a real jerk. And I would never buy anything from him. How dare he talk to us like that? So that dance right there, you got to be swift and changeable. Sometimes it goes backwards and I got to be like, yeah, I don't even like him. He's an asshole. I don't even know why they made me work with him today. I wish I didn't have to work with him today. But the reason why he's doing that is because he gets a bonus for all the money he saves for the company. And honestly, if I were you, I would tell him you want to do it because it's actually benefits you. And, I, you know, so the dance is just a game. For sure. You know what I'm saying? I just think the dance is very, very important. But every manager is different. You know what I'm saying? So some have a good good vibes and good skills and some are just dry and maybe I don't mesh, you know what I'm saying? So it just depends on the person. So to answer the question, the dance is very important, but some people nowadays at the company that I'm working with, they don't have an option but to adapt to whoever they're working with that day. When I was working with my manager, we were able to strategize. This guy used to make us, not make us, but we used to meet every Tuesday just to strategize and learn. And I think that's important. So one thing I could say about that gentleman, and maybe one day we can get him up here, but um, he used to say anyone could be a TO, but not everyone could be a manager. And one thing I give to him is that he taught us like what to do with our money. He showed us a little bit about stocks. He showed us about real estate. He showed us about, you know, how to put away from taxes. You know what I'm saying? He was a mentor, not just a manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. definitely a mentor. And, you know, he did something where he would gather his team on Tuesdays, right? And it was at a bar, but it wasn't like it was loud. It couldn't hear. We would have, like, a table. And um, he would he would allow other people who didn't really work with him to still come and show up to those things. And learn. And learn. Yeah. And I think that was big, you know, because no one was doing it. And then one day... Um, I was able to, um, I was able to, um, actually become his, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I was actually able to become his, um, apprentice, apprentice. I was, <laughs> I called myself the, the team lead. I called myself the team lead because I, um, I knew everything that he wanted. I I knew everything that he taught, everything he pitched. So I became like the team leader where, you know, I know what this guy wants. I know how his pitches. I could speak for him. We, It was so bad that we would sound the same on the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, you know what, that's a, I want to say that's a good thing because that means you're learning. You know, it means you're listening. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When he came to the table and did his thing, now if you can regurgitate his same pitch, that means you're listening. You're paying attention. Mm -hmm. For sure. Have you ever, um, you talked about takeaway. Have you ever did the takeaway? And um, had to get it back, right? Like you did a takeaway and it backfired on you. Yeah. Um. There was a lady named Sherry Levitin. 
Yeah, I remember, y'all. Before Stolen 60 was out, I was searching for people who could speak timeshare sales. Shit. You had Tom Hopkins. You had Zig Ziglar. Basically, those are old school people, but this lady named Chevy Levitin, I think she worked for one of these other companies. Um, she had some cassette tapes out for sales, and i never forget one of the ones that she said, when you take it away, you got to give it back. Yeah. And I never, never forget that. So, um, Give me an example. What do you mean? What do you mean take it away and give it back? So, like, I need you to decline this. You can't do this. Um, you had an option that was supposed to be disclosed to you. It's no longer available. Please sign here and so we can give it to someone else at the market value, right? Mm -hmm. It's a strategy. Some people be quick to say, okay, no problem. <laughs> Where do I sign, sign that, right? Yeah. And sometimes I go, wait, 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 wait. Before you do that, let's talk about this now because hold on now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. now, you know what I mean? Like, don't just be giving stuff away now. Hold on now. Yeah. Let's not get too far. Let's let's talk about what this is. With this, you could do X, Y, and Z. You guys said that you want to do this before and this, you know what I'm saying? So, that was my way of of giving it back. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes people, people are like, okay, that's what I'm sure. I didn't want it in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's how that worked. Got you. You know what's funny about that, too, is... Sometimes you can have these families mm -hmm. that are, you know, long-time owners. Mm -hmm. they, they've been owning for three, four, five, six years, seven years, eight years, ten years. And you might think, man, I don't want to do the takeaway because they've heard it before, right? I'm pretty sure for the past five, six years, people have been doing takeaways. Uh -huh. But a lot of the times you'll be surprised some of these owners forget, right? They forget that a takeaway took place four or five years ago. So don't have that preconceived notion of, oh man, I don't want to do this takeaway or I don't want to do that because uh, I don't want to seem salesy or I know they have seen it before. Sometimes they forget and they've seen takeaways left and right every single year, but yet they still come in and I don't want to say, you know, fall for it, but yeah. they still come in and, 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 and they say, oh no, you know, I'm not signing anything until you explain to me what's really going on. And, and they've been doing that for years and years and years and years and years. So don't, don't think just because they are a long time owner that you don't have a shot, you know? And another thing on top of that, there was a top rep at a resort that I was working at mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she's top rep making all the money. Everybody knows her, her name rings bells. And so when the, the tour came in, I pulled up to record to see, you know, um, you know, who she toured with last. And I seen she toured with the top rep last. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I said, okay, cool. I'm finna go out here and sell them. You know, don't think just because this person sat with a top rep before and the top rep didn't sell them that you can't go out there and sell them. You know what I'm saying? Don't oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. I was talking about and let's take a shot for that. I like oh, yeah, that. For yeah, sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Listen, top, top rep or not, <laughs> let me tell you something. One thing I, I say, I don't care who sold you last. You know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, I try to. I always look at who sold them. I don't know. I don't know if every every resort lets. No, they don't. Okay, so where I was at, you can see who's the previous salesperson. But sometimes that puts the battery in my back. But like, this person sold them. I'm definitely getting something out of them. Like, no way. And it feels good because you know, like, I respect all people that's that's top riders but most of the time there's still meat on the bone mm. a lot of times 
The same people that sold them. People will people will buy if you find an angle for them to to purchase again, right? The thing that messed that a lot of for me, my niche was really selling my knowledge and expertise and how I would be assigned to them. And because I really believe in helping people. When I was younger and my parents were in the timeshare business, I saw them really communicating with their owners and helping them and um, stuff like that. So I just said, that's the way to do it. I knew that if you work with people and you help them, they'll send you referrals. So I believe that it was important to help those people and, and create those relationships. So if there was a top rep that sold a family and they didn't deliver on their promise of keeping in touch, I feel that void right there. But you can only do that when you purchase with me. You mm. only get me when you purchase a brand new week. And I've sometimes, you know, people have purchased with me just to have me. I, you know, one thing I like, a lot of people don't like when you find somebody that owns multiple weeks or points of ownership. You know what I'm saying? That you feel that there's no more um, room for them to purchase. But some people will purchase just to have you on their account that's so true bro yeah. <laughs> that's so true yeah. just to have you on the account they'll purchase yeah man. that's true that's that, facts that was something i went for all the time like you know it it took you know we was talking about learning curves we talking about putting your head down not having other stuff going on i think it took me it might have took me like four months to really get it you know what i'm saying like i i was getting deals but didn't know why they were buying or what they were buying i said you know It'd be like that, you know what I'm saying? Damn. Oh, that's that. It'd be like that sometimes, but um, I was getting deals that I didn't know why they were purchasing. And um, with that being said, I realized that once I started saying, you know, I'll be assigned to you or really like putting myself in the picture like when you get this you get me that's when more people started to purchase and say okay i'll do this because i'll have you show me how to work it make sure you don't change your number and stuff like that and for that reason i didn't change my number and i really just you know ran with it so you got the same number that you've had i got the same number man That's dope, man. That's dope. And I'm pretty sure owners still call you and text you, hey, Richard, we're in town. You know, what's going on, man? Blase, blase, blah. But, um, you know, one thing I definitely want to touch is something that I learned, something that I had to learn when I got in the game, and that was what they call creating a problem. So mm. let's, let's, let's touch on creating a problem right now, man. I mean, give me some of your you know, some stories, some memories you have of you just, you know, let's say you had a tour and there was nothing on the table, you know, but because you created a problem, you know, you were able to get a deal, share with us something like that. I, b- I believe that um, it's either one of these things that's going to make somebody purchase. It's going to be need. It's going to be greed. Or it's going to be fear of loss. That's usually my three things I check for. I try to create a problem by people don't realize they have a problem until you tell them they have a problem, right? Just like a person that's addicted to something may not know they're addicted until they realize that they were told it was addicted because of the, the pattern. So when someone owns something, they may not be thinking about the future. You know what I'm saying? They may not be thinking about, okay, well, this unit doesn't function the way 
our family travels or this unit doesn't give us the amount of vacations that we need based upon what our plans were for. So you create a problem. Sometimes we have to I have to show it to them. Like this doesn't make sense based upon what you told me. I'll, I'll never forget. I went out one night. It was a good night, but I had to work the next day. So I wasn't in on 100% me. I was very tired and sluggish. And I got a family, a lady, single lady, two children, special needs. The the father died in the military and she had a four bedroom. And most people would think, oh, back then, four bedroom was the biggest at the time. She had a four bedroom unit. And to make a long story short, she had a four bedroom that only gave her three weeks of vacation, one two bedroom and two studios. Being that I know she had two children, even though I didn't, I wasn't on my A game because I was tired from the night before. I casually said, "Why do you have a two bedroom and two studios? When are you ever going to use those two, two two studios when you have two children? Right? Why didn't you just get a A B C D or the four bedroom that has two two bedrooms?" And she said, "Well, no one ever showed us that. That would have made much more sense." Mm. So when I brought the T O in. My manager at the time, same guy I was telling you about earlier. Um, I said the only person that can help us is this one guy I know because he's my dad's friend. That was my dance, you know. When they, when I, when, when somebody needs help, I'm I'm calling this big guy up on you know, third floor and I'm gonna get him down. And he's so busy because I know I need time before he comes. That was the dance. Got him down and he came and he showed her we can actually take your unit back and upgrade you into this unit that would fit your family. And let's say that the down payment was only like, I don't know, $2,800. And the upgrade was twenty grand. And the lady, the manager didn't even finish uh, filling out the numbers. He said, you would need this amount down. The lady pulled out her card before he even finished. I could do that right now. And, you know, I told you I was sluggish from the night before. I sobered up so quickly. Because <laughs> it was a deal, you know what I'm saying? But... It was a problem based upon what I projected naturally. Like you, you got the wrong product based upon how you, how your family dynamics are. So most of my deals was always by me thinking ahead for these people. You know what I'm saying? Um, for the future, because most people don't think about that. Just like in in, in the business, if you're new, whether it's frontline, in-house, whatever, the 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 problem is what they're gonna spend on vacations if they don't become an owner, right? So that's a problem. You created that problem because they didn't think about it. When you say how many yeah. vacations you want to take, how much you're going to spend, how much you're going to spend on food, I, I, like all that is 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 taking that information and say, okay, boom, this is what you're going to do if you continue doing that. What if I could show you a better way? So the same thing when it comes to the unit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people purchase these units based upon affordability in the beginning. See, if y'all don't know, I started an in-house department which an in-house just means the people that I'm meeting already own timeshare or they're staying on the property where I'm at or they've exchanged into the property. All I'm trying to say is that it's already in their blood, right? It's already in their system. It's not something brand new and foreign to them. So I'm just showing them a better way of owning because what you bought previously may not be really conducive to how you travel or how you really want to travel. In the business, people, you know, you start with a price and they say, nah, I can't do it. 
Then we drop it. And this is the key. I was just talking about this this morning, that when the price changes, the product changes. Mm. And a lot of times people don't peep or realize that the product changed. They're just looking at the price. That's so true. I went from 400 oh, 250 I could do that. But when we was at 400 I was talking to you about fortifications that you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. The 250 <laughs> is one every <laughs> other year. You know what I'm saying? Every four- <laughs> You know show. <laughs> Every twenty four months you could travel. Not yeah. like what I was talking about before. Yeah. But you you didn't you didn't hear that though. You Yo, you, but you know what? You can lose a deal like that too though, because you 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 talking all that good talk, then the numbers start dropping, and then they go to deeding, and then the deeding let them know like, hey, this is what you're buying. And they're like, Hold up. Mm-hmm. He didn't he wasn't, you know, he wasn't yeah. talking that same talk that you're talking now, but and then the deal will kick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So For you sure. you gotta definitely button that up. What I what I was talking about today, I did a I did a meeting today. I did a morning meeting. And I was I was um I was telling people like one thing that could set you back is not not um clarifying that when the numbers change the product changes. And I love telling this story. I'm gonna tell it anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a long story short. Right. <laughs> I, I always say that and always tell a long ass story. I like to talk. I guess. <laughs> we got time. Long story short is I had to get a new air condition and I called a guy over. The guy told me it was $16,000. I was going to do it. I told my pops, yo, I'm about to buy a new AC, 16000 He said, hell no, don't do that. That's that's too much. I told the dude, yo, I'm going to chill. I'm going to wait. He dropped the price at 9600 No, no, 12000 first. Then I'm like, well, what changes? He was like, nothing. You get everything that I, I said you're going to get. I'm saying that's that's crazy. Still said, yo, give me a day. Let me figure it out. Let me think about what I want to do. He said, listen, I want you to do it today. I really need to sell. Adi, 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 adi. I could do it for 9600 So I got upset because the man dropped the price twice and nothing changed with the product. You know what I'm saying? He wanted my business that day. Then he dropped down again to like 8000 we called his manager, blah, blah, blah. And what bothered me is that you were going to sell me something overpriced in the first place. You know what I'm saying? You was going to get me. It's not that I didn't have the funds. It's just that I wanted time to do my homework because I didn't know what kind of AC I wanted. So the moral of the story is when the price changed, the product should have changed. You'd have been like, yo, listen, for 16000 you won't get the three-year warranty and the blah, 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 whatever it was. But... You know what I'm saying? So I believe that when we drop numbers and the families realize that, oh, I'm not, it's not $100,000, it's only $20,000 now, that clarity on what they're getting is very important. Because what happens is in the in-house department, when somebody comes back in, a lot of times they come in upset. Like, what do you mean this is what I own? They told me that it was this. And people only hear what they want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, all they know is the numbers dropped and it was affordable, but they didn't realize that you just downgraded to a studio that you could use every four years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or in some cases, there's some resource out there where you have the timeshare ownership where you actually own it. Mm-hmm. And then depending on, you know, how low the numbers drop, the product changes and it's not a full ownership to where you own it for a lifetime. It's like a test drive. It's like a test drive or, or, or a trial where you own it for 10 years and it disappears. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely got to clarify and let them know. I've lost deals like that. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely got to let them know, Hey, 
the price drop, but this is what you're getting for this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same thing we were discussing earlier. Oh, but I want what we were discussing earlier. Okay, well, if you want what we were discussing earlier, you're gonna have to pay the three fifty to four hundred to five hundred a month for that. You know, what I'm that saying? be happening. So, I know people. You drop. I've seen people drop and they be like, "Nah, I don't want it to bedroom. I want the five. Yeah, and you, and you gotta respectfully say you can't afford the five for sure. You know what I'm saying? But sure. at the end of the day, I love the game. Um, I do love to help others. I think that's how I ended up in the teaching side of things and stuff like that. Um, I like to see people successful become successful. I'm I'm a big advocate for timeshare sales. If you're new in the real estate, I like people selling houses too. But I also understand that there's some people that just have the gift of gab the way that people could articulate third party stories. Um, and I just think that some it's for some people and it's for not for some people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, as a teacher teaching a real estate class, the only reason the students would know about timeshare is because I, I always tell them my story on how I started. You know, the passion is just to, to teach people there's different avenues to utilize this real estate license but depending on where you want to be you could be wherever you want to be you know but i just think that time is a good start to try because what you learned what i learned in it was how to build commonality with someone in a short amount of time i've learned how to connect with so many different people i've learned different walks of life you have dealt with people from people i've never met before and i'm from the city so and i and i and i never front like you know i so i know some people that are just so fake that you can smell it or you can see it but i think that just being yourself and it's okay to not know or not to be the smartest person you know in the room it's okay to be who you are because i've met people who were way smarter or way more successful or way dumber you know what i'm saying but i've connected with them because at the end of the day they were people mm. you know what i'm saying people that want the vacation you know people that want to spend time with their family and i think that's that was nice and if you don't sell timeshare and you sell houses or you, you do something else, I mean, it's all good. You're still helping people. So I guess being a people's person, you know, most people who are successful in this business are um, service industry people, mm-hmm. bartenders, servers, you know, people that, that know how to deal with people. And I think that, I think that's dope. So I like the game. For sure. And that's how you get sold in 60. <laughs> I want to say that. <laughs> So, yo, <laughs> keep it coming, y'all. If y'all like the show and um, you like what you're hearing and you want to continue to learn and get jewels, I mean, share it. Tag somebody. Follow us on our platforms. We are on Spotify. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on Apple Podcasts. I want you to like it, share it, subscribe it, tag somebody. And if you want to pull up on the show, you know, send us a message on the inbox. We would love to have you. We'd love to hear your story. We'd love to hear your concerns. We actually have a phone number you could probably call and we can just, you know, plug you in and bring you up on on the call live. We would love to hear you. I'd love to hear your conversations and how you can add on because we have friends at all types of different resorts. You know what I'm saying? Like we have this industry. We have people in resorts in Vegas, Virginia. Louisiana, Myrtle Beach, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And um, we would love to have everybody pull up and, and share their insights, you know what I'm saying? And if you d- if you were in Timeshare and you hated it, I want to hear your story too. You for sure, you know for sure, so. for sure. 
Dylan, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, no, nah, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate you giving us some insight on, you know, the training side of things. And even back in the day when you was a sales rep, you know, man, we really appreciate it. I'm pretty sure there's some people out there listening to this that um, appreciate that for sure. You know, and if you're listening to this on the way to work, you know, you're going to get a deal today. Full down. Full down. <laughs> if, listen, if you listen to this on the way to work, just understand that there's nobody that is going to sell like you, right? Nobody smells better, looks better, got their character like you. Today is your day. Today is your day, and every day is your day. You make sure you say your affirmations every day. Don't feel crazy talking to yourself because you are got to be your biggest cheerleader. You know what I'm saying? Everyone else is just the ops. <laughs> For sure. I always talk to myself anyway. You got to. You got to be your best friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right, y'all. Like, subscribe, follow us on social media, Solden60, that's at S-O-L-D-I-N-6-0. If you would like the merchandise, Dylan has a very nice hat on. It's called Gold Digger. And I ain't saying she's a gold digger. Hey, <laughs> so the 60, we got the T-shirts out, Um, you know, the playing cards. Man, we didn't even pull the playing cards out. Oh. I wanted to do that. We might have to do that for the next episode. That would be so dope. I want to sure. see if I can overcome an objection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yo, man, tune in. Appreciate y'all. Don't forget to watch the full episode on Factual TV. You can download that on Apple TV and uh, Roku and Fire TV. All right? We out. We out.